Welcome to the Sports and Shit Podcast presented by Anchor. Your hosts each week are Maddie. But it burned. For me and her, it burned. There was a burning. And the multi-talented Smitty. There's worse ways to go than eating grilled cheese every day and having sex every day. If you like sports sprinkled in with a little bit of shit, then this podcast is for you. Now, here are your hosts, Maddie and Smitty. Welcome back to another episode of the Sports and Ship Podcast with Maddie and Smitty. It's presented by Anchor. We do this through the Anchor app. Download the Anchor app and take a look. Get it started. Start your own podcast, but it will never be quite as good as this one for sure. We're also sponsored by Lops Brewing as well. Big ups to uh, Sean Lopolito, our good buddy down at Lops Brewing in Woonsocket, Rhode Island. And he is our new sponsor, so we're very happy to have them on board as well. Another great episode here, season two of the Sportsmanship Podcast. I am Maddie, and my co-host has been with me since the beginning. This is, I believe, 35 episodes with the world's most average man, Smitty. Thank you very much. Yeah. Average yeah. size, average penis size. <laughs> I fall, right, fall, I fall within window. the averages yep. of, of everything right in that window, you know? So, uh, you know, I'll take it though. I'm not below average at anything. I'm average at most things. Most things. Yeah. You're, you are certainly average at, at most things and, and above average at maybe a couple, you know, what would you think you'd be above average at? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I probably should give you time to think about that. Yeah. Maybe we can talk about it next. I've, had a lot of jobs so i mean you know synchronized swimming you in have. the olympics yeah. i mean I, i'm a, i have a burgeoning rap career i mean i've done a lot of yep. things because i've done so many things it kind of you know i can't get excellent at any one right. particular job so right. i you know kind of average at everything so that's a question for you would you rather be great at one thing or pretty good to decent at a lot of things well let me ask you this Okay. The one great thing, you know, do I get paid a lot of money to be able to do that one thing? Because if I'm like great at like, Solid you know, question. cracking my knuckles or something, that's not going to help me. <laughs> if I'm great at, if I'm great at, you, you know, bl- blinking right. or, you know, right. whatever. Right. Right. That That's actually a detriment. Yeah. You don't want to crack your knuckles for, for any type of. I'm great at sleeping or walking. Like none of those things will. No. Will afford I you, me. I, could, I, I used to be able to sleep with the best of them. I can't anymore. And I reach a certain age. I don't know if it's kids or if it's stress or if it's, you know, abundance of, of weight. It's <laughs> a combination it of factors. I'm a terrible it. sleeper too. I'm a terrible yeah, sleeper. Just can't do it anymore. No. Just can't do it anymore. I don't think I can ever get back to it either without heavy medication. So, uh, hey folks, follow us on Twitter at, uh, you, you can do that at Sports and Ship Pod. You can also follow us on Instagram, Sports Mitty. And we are on Facebook as well. We're up to like 310 followers. Yeah, like us on there. Up to the Facebook. Absolutely. And we have a special guest coming up later on. Jeff Rye, former Major League Baseball player, former Boston Red Sox player, current agent. He's going to join us to talk about the Red Sox, talk about baseball, has some good stories for us. Jeff's a great guy. We're going to talk to him a little bit later on as well. And we're going to do five questions to two assholes with another baseball guy, our good buddy, Clute. And we'll have missed connections coming up down at the end of the program again, which has been a smashing success. As well <laughs> except as, for the uh, except for the people trying to find find the people from the from the misconnections. Right, right. I think we are preying on people's uh, lack of success. No, what we're doing is we're spreading the word for these kind folks. I mean, they're putting it out on yeah. Craigslist looking for people. We are yeah. spreading the word. We are. We, we are, are doing God's our work. Wide network of people. We're using our, our networking skills. Yeah. We're trying to help these fine folks out. 
Well, it's time for your favorite segment. It is the news, and the news is brought to you by Lops Brewing. A brewery and tasting room in downtown Woonsocket, Rhode Island, specializing in small batch ales and lagers. It's open Tuesday through Sunday, currently celebrating Imperial Stout January with a new variety each week with coconut and dark cherry chocolate being the next two offerings. You want to visit www.lopsbrewing.com and follow at Lops Brewing, that's L-O-P-S Brewing, for new beers and events. So get down to Woonsocket, Rhode Island and Lops Brewing and tell us the Sports and Shit podcast sent you. And if they don't throw you out, have a beer. <laughs> have a beer. Uh, so, you know, we can have with a beer. You can have hot dogs with a beer. You can, absolutely. Yeah, I, I, you know, I could, I could muscle down. You were the hot dog eating champion of the world. I mean, that's a summertime cookout staple. Oh, absolutely. Beer and a couple Beer dogs, and a couple, couple dogs. Two, dogs. Or, or Fenway Park. There's nothing like a Fenway Frank in the middle of the summertime. Oh, and, I know. And, and a couple of, you know, lukewarm. You know, Bud Lights in the bleachers. Right. <laughs> Blue long, 12, 12, 50 Bud Lights. Yeah, and it'll cost Absolutely. you about 45 bucks for, Absolutely. you know, two hot dogs and two beers. But, and hey, I don't know what they, it's fun they anyway. they put butter in the, in the, what do they do with the steam? I don't process? know what they, I wish I knew what they did because I would try to recreate it at home because it is, I think it's, so. it's one of the best hot dogs I've ever had. I mean, I it really it's is. Sweat from the usher. It could be. Every day. It could yeah. be. It's a little, it's, it's a, a combination water. of all of those things. They probably yes. don't clean the, the, the fucking hot dog thing. Of course not. So that's like, you know, there's 45 no. years worth of hot dog juices in there. Then there's, you know, the sweat from the guy or girl yeah. and, you know, yeah, absolutely. dropping it on the ground a few times, yeah. you know, all kinds you know, of maybe things. Maybe Jeff Rye knows. We'll have, we'll have to ask him. Yeah. I don't know. But Oscar Meyer, known hot dog company, yeah. is hiring yeah. a team to drive its Wienermobile across the U.S. Let's get the resumes together. I mean, if that is not a job that is made for the two of us, I don't know what is. Oh, we, we, we would drive the Wienermobile across the United States of America, two of us. Could you see us would... podcasting from the Wienermobile? Oh, I mean, how God, fucking great would that be? idea. I've got to get to the Oscar Mayer people and say, hey, you got to listen to this little pitch I'm going to make. The two of us would be like Dumb and Dumber and that big dog. Yes, they were driving absolutely. around. Absolutely, that's what we would be like—just driving around, podcasting across the country. Which we, you know, all kidding aside, we should do. We, we I mean, we, we, should, we actually we have do. talked about it. We, we, we have. have. We should so take that, a couple of weeks and just go across the country. At drive some, at and some just point, podcast along the yeah, way. At some point, that may happen. At some point, it, that it may. may. I may, think it's may. a. I think it's a fab idea. It is. Myself. But yeah, the the Wiener Mobile, the Oscar Mayer Wiener Mobile. They're looking for people to drive it across country. I'm not sure what, honestly, I didn't read it. So I have no idea what they're doing. Do they drive it to places and, they, and then they have events. Maybe you drive it into like a, yeah, maybe drive it into yeah. a you know, grocery store parking lot in like, yeah. you know, Little Rock, Arkansas or something. I mean, you know, shake some hands, take some, yeah, take some pictures with sharing. people, share some wieners, you know, throw, throw some wieners sure. around. Yeah, I think we could, we could share a wiener or two. So CNN is reporting that electric eels have been found to hunt in packs in the first documented case of its kind, which researchers have called an extraordinary discovery. They've learned that electric eels, is that a school, school of electric eels? Do you call that a, a school, like a school of fish, a school of electric eels? I mean, sure. Knock yourself out. If you're in the, the water with electric eels, boy, that's a bad day. Yeah, I was just going to say that. That's, that's a, a I don't know if that's a great discovery. Like, I don't know if I would want to no. be discovering that. If I'm in the water, yeah. I'm not. I'm not going to want to discover that. I want someone else to discover no. that. I want someone else to get hunted in a pack. Not, not only me. Is it not a good discovery. It's not an extraordinary discovery, like they're saying. 
Because I don't, I don't, I don't know why that would be extraordinary. Why, why do we need to know? I guess. Why do we need to know that electric eels hunt in packs? Hunt in packs. What are Maybe, they hunting? What are may, they hunting? Fish? Yeah, I mean, I guess. I mean, I hope it's not people. Because, I mean, you wouldn't, I mean, maybe you'd want to know that if you were in the water with a bunch of electric eels and then all of a sudden. I want to know certain information for sure. Like how to get out of the water would be numero uno. Like I I don't want to be in there with. No. With that client. Why would you? Why would you want to be? No, not not at all. Uh, I'm not a seafood guy. I'm certainly not an electric eel guy. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) uh, Young Guns 3. Reboot time. Young Guns Super. 3 is happening with Emilio Estevez, an original writer, John Fusco, okay. who wrote the original movies. Emilio Estevez will return as Billy the Kid. Not okay. a kid so much anymore. What is he, 55 years old? Yeah. But the writer has teased a third movie, uh, and Emilio Estevez will be Billy the Kid. What about Lou Diamond Phillips? Is he back? Lou Diamond Phillips, they didn't, they didn't mention him. Is he dead? I think Lou Diamond Phillips is alive. Okay. Isn't he? Yeah, I, I think so. I don't know. I think so. It, it, I think it would have mentioned Lou Diamond Phillips if if he were there. You know, you know who you know who was ruled dead. A woman back in 2017 was ruled dead, and she has been fighting since 2017 to declare that she's alive. She's been fighting people to say, "Look, it's me. I'm <laughs> here, alive. here I am. <laughs> why I don't am. Why don't you believe me? <laughs> <laughs> here, I, here I am. And they and in the age of DNA and all sorts of things." How do we not believe the woman? That's what I don't get. It's not 1940. Can't you just like, swab her cheek it? for fuck's sake? Yeah, I know. You know? Yeah, you stick the thing up her nose. Like the, <laughs> 24 and more or whatever the hell it's called. 48 and me. What the hell is it called? 23 and me. I actually did 23 and me and I got the results back. I'm 95% Native Irish. American. <laughs> no. I am 95% like Irish English. Yeah. I'm 5%. How about this? I'm 5% Italian. How you doing? Huh? <laughs> that's why you like the Soprano so much. I do. That's why I like the chicken parm. You know, I'm a closet Italian. Yeah, 5% there you go. Italian. I, I I haven't done any of my uh of any of those genealogical things. No, I I did it, and I you know I was expecting more, I guess, from it. But it's you know it just sort of gave me generic information. It didn't tell me like you know John Henry the Eighth was my. 16th cousin. No, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty waspy as far as that goes. White Anglo-Saxon Protestant. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I'm like England, England, Scotland. Yeah. That kind of, that kind of thing. Your general look and gait is pretty telling. Yeah. (laughs) Smith. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah. It, 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 pull a wool or anybody's. No, no. But she is, uh, has, is alive and has been since 2017 when she said she was dead and she's still fighting like hell. Did she say she was dead? How? What? How? No, they they thought she was dead. How did this happen? That somehow, so, somehow so she French was dead. Paris, France. Jean Pouchan has an unusual problem. She's officially dead. She's been trying for three years to prove she's alive. She's fifty-eight years old. She lives in constant fear. Authorities seized her car over an unpaid debt she contests, and which is at the center of her troubles. She fears the family furniture will be next. Uh, the status has prevented her and her husband from using their joint bank account. Status was deceased in the 2017 court decision that deemed her dead, even though no death certificate was produced. The decision came at the end of a legal dispute with an employee of Pouchain's former cleaning company who was seeking compensation after losing her job 20 years ago. So they had no death certificate. They just declared she was dead. So basically she was fighting with someone in court instead of saying like she lost the court case. They're like, you're dead. You're dead. You're dead. 
yeah, dead to me. Dead to me. Now she's dead. Tough. You know who was found living? It was a man in the Chicago airport for three months. He was living in the airport because he was fearful of COVID. He had gone to Chicago, didn't want to go back on the plane. So he lived in the airport for three months. He lived there until they found him. I'm not sure the airport is the place you want to hang out if you're afraid of no. COVID. No, no. I mean, no, no. I mean, do you know how many I mean, that's people are coming there from all different yeah, parts all of different the, parts of the country world. and the world? Yes. Seemed, Chicago? Yeah. O'Hare is a huge airport. It is. And it's, and it's dirty and it's big and it's, I mean, I don't know. That's not really yeah, he where was you want. Three months. It's not really three where you want to hang out. Here's my question. Why am I taking my shoes off at the thing when this asshole can lay in the, in the friggin' in the baggage claim for three months? You know what I'm saying? You're at the TSA checkpoint <laughs> and they're, and right. they're, you know, wanding you and stuff. And, and my ball sack. Yeah. You know, making you take your shoes and socks off and put everything right. through a, you know, the metal detectors and all that stuff. Right. And this guy's just living in there, right. you know, and do whatever. Yeah. I'm getting my wand wanded. Yeah. And this guy's, you know, <laughs> this, guy, this guy's just living. Position. He's just like, he's yeah. just living large. He just yeah, like he made eating it. off of passengers food, like random passengers. What is he going up to people? And they're like, Hey, do you have any food? Like he was he's, eating off passenger food, I guess. I don't know if people are giving him food or what have you. What is he like a zoo animal? Yeah. He just, he just, I think he did it for a couple of days and he's like, fuck are People going to feed me and I'm going to lay here. Fine. Or is he going up to like the, you know, like the, the Denny's in, in the in the Chicago airport and like somebody yeah. gets a grand slam and they're just like, yeah, I'll have a couple yeah. pieces of sausage and bacon. Yeah, yeah. Can, yeah. Spare, can, can you, you uh, yeah. yeah, spare, spare a little? Yeah, yeah. Can you supersize that? Yeah. Thanks. I need some, yeah. I need some coffee and, yeah. and bacon. Here's my question. Are you employed? Because what, what happened to your job? <laughs> Probably <laughs> Are not. Are they looking for you? Probably not. I guess not. Well, Gwyneth Paltrow had, a, had an interesting situation. She has a vagina candle. I don't know if you knew this. It's a candle that smells like her vagina. All right, uh, so uh, the, 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 the vagina candle thing. I was thinking of was maybe a little bit different. A little, <laughs> was it? Was it? I thought it was. I thought it was. You were gonna say it was like something that you you used, oh, like you? a like a toy. Ah, I gotcha. Yeah, I don't know if you'd want to do that to a candle. You wouldn't want to light it. No, no, no. When you're in there, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> no, no, no. But if it's multi-purpose, then so be it. You know what I'm saying? I mean, yeah. If it's, I mean, that's pretty resourceful. Maybe she should do that. Like make a make a candle. You candle can light outside. it on the the other end. You could use for you know. Right. So you can use it as a toy, so to speak. Right. And you can use it if the lights go out. You know, you're like, oh shit! Like if you're doing it while the lights go out, you're like, damn it! Oh well, you know what? I have where's a match? I can just light the candle. <laughs> yeah, just light the and candle. And you can walk around the house. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, she had a vagina candle, and it were reportedly exploded in a UK woman's home. It's the there's, there's a joke in here. This, it's the scent. Just... It's the scent of her <laughs> yeah. vagina. Yeah. Can you imagine? And it exploded. Right. I don't, I don't, how do they, how do they capture? <laughs> how do they do that? Like, like do most candles favor. are like cranberry or lavender or whatever. Do me a favor. Can you capture? <laughs> how do you capture that scent? smell? How do you capture that scent? My private area. <laughs> I oh, mean, God. what do they got to fl- what are- how does that happen? Here's another question. Why what do they got like? Is she like using it to breathe into a plastic bag or something? Yeah. How does that happen? I don't know. And I don't know why. Like, what is it? What Who is the it fuck would buy like? that? <laughs> like, what? Like, is it pleasant? Like, what, what is it? It must be pleasant. Imagine. Why does a lady in the UK have a yeah, why, scented? That's a, that's a valid question. How, do, how do, Why, why did, would that particular person have it? 
Well, any person. Yeah. Why is anyone buying a candle that smells like someone's vagina? I, I don't know. And I, again, that's one of those things. I'm not sure if there's a good, you know, if there's a actual, what kind of good scent is in that case. You know what I'm saying? I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> you know what I'm saying. But, <laughs> but it exploded anyway. It blew up and caused uh, lots of damage. It did. It just blew yeah. up and, you know. <laughs> Shrapnel <laughs> everywhere. Wax everywhere. It was just, <laughs> came back, cats and dogs living together. Uh so the Mets general manager, he was he was the Mets general manager for exactly a month, I believe. Yeah. He used to be with the Red Sox for 11 years, from 2004 to 2015 mm-hmm. in their front office. He was caught. He Well, he sent 62 straight unanswered texts and dick pics to a foreign female reporter. So evidently there was a rapport going on where he was texting this female reporter, and it turned into him getting a little saucy and getting a little sassy, and then sending pictures of his junk to her, and then she stopped responding. So then it was like, are you mad? At one point he says, are you mad now? And she doesn't respond at all. 62 straight unanswered texts. So obviously it was caught caught wind of this, the uh, Mets organization, and they fired him the next day, the next morning, after the report came out. So why would you send 62 Unanswered text yeah. messages. When you get I, to I about when you get to about five or six, you're like, all right, yeah. the person's not going to talk to me any, ever. I mean, again. wouldn't you? Wouldn't you think if you sent something like that, that was pretty damning? I mean, it's pretty. It's a it's a it's a risk to send something like that to someone you don't know that well. It's first of all, no. Business. Well, listen to this. Right. First, first of all, a guy should never send a picture of his junk to any anyone else, right? Unless <laughs> right. they specifically say, "Send me right. a picture of your junk." Right. And you, and you know them and you know, it's secure and you know that this is a consensual thing. Right. Yeah. If someone's like, send me a picture of your junk, I want to see your junk. Right. Sure. But, 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 but a perfect stranger that you have to, that you work with, I guess, you know, to a certain degree. Right. And you're a high, what the fuck? Like Brett, like Brett Favre to that, to that, to the reporter. What are you doing? Why are you sending a dick pic to someone that you don't know? I, I, I don't know why you do it, like you said, 62 straight times. Like, after three, four or five times, you get no response. I'm thinking to myself, maybe I'm in trouble. Like, maybe she doesn't want this. You know what I'm saying? Like, maybe, like, wait a minute. Something's not right here. She was talking to me. Now she's not responding. I would probably stop yeah, before you I would get to 62. Yeah, you would think you would ease up right? a little bit. Because you would think, you know, boy, maybe something's wrong here. Maybe she's not liking what I'm, what I'm sending, you know? Not like when I'm laying down. Maybe his dick falls on the below average spectrum. It could, it could have been just unimpressive. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Just, well, I mean, that, most most people say that I mean. even, like, most people, you, you hear girls talk about it, and you're like, dick pics aren't really much to look at. No, they don't. I mean, what, Like, a dick what, is not really, is a, it? it's not really no. a beautiful, you know, nobody says, oh, no. God, your dick is no. gorgeous. It's not something you want to capture. No. No. You know, in any in any light. No, in any no. light, it does. It's it no. does. There's nothing. No, <laughs> it's not like hot you abs or anything. I mean, there's, there's quite a few, and it's and it's a bad thing. It, there's quite a few women out there who get random dick pics. Yeah, and it's just incredible to me that so many people would just randomly do that because it's let's face it, it's 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 sort of it's insulting and it's and it's. It's stalkery it's and kind of douchey it's just, it's just, and yeah, it's, yeah. Just, it's all those things. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's just, uh, but it happens more often than you think. Oh yeah. It's too bad. So one of the great uh, series of all time, the Sopranos, mm-hmm. a new movie 
coming out. Many Saints of Newark gets a new opening date. So this is a prequel to The Sopranos, which was my favorite, absolute favorite series of all time. Uh, It's finally set to open on September 24th, 2021, almost a year after its original planned release date. It's a prequel which is being produced by New Line Cinemas and released by Warner Brothers. Uh, It is a David Chase-created mafia flick. And, of course, he was a creator of The Sopranos. I'm really looking forward to it because it's pre-Tony Soprano. It's a young Tony Soprano played by Michael Gandolfini, his, his son. Uh, will be in it, and it'll be chronicling his dad, Johnny, as the boss. So I'm really looking forward to this movie. It was a great series. I watched it three times through, and it's just amazing. Amazing writing, just an amazing show. It is. It is a great series, and and that is, that does sound like something. You know, they have Chase back. They have, you know, James Gandolfini's kid. So it yeah. sounds like some of the pieces are there for it to be uh, a pretty good movie. So, yeah, yeah I'm excited about that, too. Uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. So we have a new uh, map. We've done these maps about which, you know, we did the, uh, what do we do, the the fast food restaurant. Yeah. Maine had Long John Silver, which there aren't any. Massachusetts had Boston Market, which was ridiculous. Boston Market, yeah. We which did I the, didn't even think was still in business. Yeah, then they did. Right. There was the Christmas movies, right? The different yes, Christmas, Christmas movies. Yes, another one. Well, this one is cheese because it was Cheese Lovers Day this past week, uh, National Cheese Lovers Day. So this was cheese, the favorite cheeses of states across America and Massachusetts. The state cheese is feta, feta cheese. (laughs) I'm not a feta guy. I'm disappointed in that answer. Yeah, I'm just not a feta guy. Like if I have like a Greek, I don't really like I don't like Kalamata, Kalamata al olives. I can't even say it because I don't like it on the Greek salads. Yeah. I don't like that. And I don't like feta cheese. It's just a little too strong and pungent for me. I don't like it. Uh, Maine, take a guess at what Maine's, Maine's cheese is. Is it like a ridiculous one? No, it is pretty fit. It's pretty what you would think. Uh, Land O'Lakes White American something? It is American cheese. Yeah, there you go. Bingo. American cheese. And so is Rhode Island, so is Connecticut, all American cheese. That's what most people eat most of the time. Yes, is American cheese. Is American cheese. That's what yeah. most people get, I would say, from the grocery store, like with the, with the you know, sandwiches they make their kids for lunch. Kids you want know, American I, I, cheese. The, um, New Jersey had a fitting one as well. What do you think New Jersey's is? Provolone. <laughs> Almost mozzarella. Okay. Mozzarella. Yeah. New Jersey. Right. I'm surprised Rhode Island. I'm surprised Rhode Island wasn't. No, I'm surprised Rhode Island did either because they have a they have a large Italian population. Yeah. And what's New York? New York is uh, where is New York? Oh my uh, God, that's mozzarella. That's mozzarella. That's mozzarella well. too. I can't. You, you're looking. You haven't been looking at a map. <laughs> How do you not know where New York is? Are you I serious? <laughs> I think it's over there. Right, it's over there. Next to Vermont. Yeah, there it is. Mozzarella. <laughs> Yeah. You know what you know what Delaware had for a cheese? It's not even a cheese. Cheese whiz. That's terrible. Cheese. It's not even cheese. That, that's the that's the fake shit they put on like the steak and cheese, like uh you know in, yeah, in, in Philadelphia. In Philadelphia. This is what I have a problem with is the whole steak and cheese hoagie phenomenon yeah. in Philly being the steak and cheese thing. They yeah. put cheese whiz on the fucking steak and cheese. Yeah, cheese whiz sucks. I mean, you gotta be kidding me. After all that hype. Yeah. This is what we're going with? Yeah. No, thanks. What's what's California's cheese? I'm interested to see what like kind of the yuppie people out yeah, there want. Cali- like. 
California's cheese was the uh, – let me take a look here. Where is California again? <laughs> yeah, it's brie. Brie. Yeah, so that is a yuppie yeah. cheese. Yeah, that is yuppie. There was a couple string cheeses. South Dakota, banging in with string, string cheese. I like me a good string cheese. You know, why not? Yeah, I like it. Uh, I like a good cheddar, personally. Good cheddar. Yeah, yeah a good cheddar. <laughs> um, so a new invasive species of hornet has been spotted across North America. It is the Asian Magumbo hornet. Did you see the tits on this hornet? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, are you serious? Those are those are those are bodacious. This this hornet. We might yes. have to post a picture of it on we Instagram might. or something. This hornet is like the Dolly Parton of hornets. It is. It has it, either that or or their balls. It, they're either tits <laughs> right, or balls. That high? Wow. I don't know. Up in there, but they, but they're gigantic. Wow. They're wow. gigantic. They it's are. gigantic. They look like two green grapes, like two perfectly shaped yeah. green. Yeah, I'm not grapes. sure exactly what they are in yeah. real life. I don't know if they have boobs. Probably not I'm boobs. I'm also not sure why I'm getting turned on by a hornet right now. So I'm gonna <laughs> move on. <laughs> Let's get turned on by a couple that gets arrested for posting a video of them having sex at the most romantic place in the world, the Myrtle Beach Skywheel. <laughs> so this couple had sex on the Skywheel at Myrtle Beach. Why not? We talked about the Mile High Club, and we weren't fans no. of that whole experience. I don't like heights, so the Skywheel thing, anything having to do with sky. I did a zipline one time, scared the living bejesus. Oh, I love the ziplines. I don't even know how I get off the thing. I, I just said, screw it. And I went and, oh my God, scared me half to death. I did it when I we were down, like in, down in Mexico or whatever. Like, that guy put me, put me onto it like upside down and shit. Yeah, I, I did. I loved it. I loved yeah, the zip lines. But the, the Skywheel thing is like, a, it's basically like a, like a gondola, but it's, but it's yeah. a, uh, uh, like a Ferris wheel, but with gondola things. Right. So it's right. like a little compartment. So you can like right. get it on up in there, I guess. But that again, there's a spatial issue. I'm a, I'm a spatial guy. I need I need I need to be able to stretch out. You know I mean, I need to be yeah. able to need to be able to. Yeah, I mean, that's you know, a it's a cramped quarters. Around. I'm gonna say. But the other thing is like that some bitch like comes back down to the ground. I think like it goes yeah. up like a Ferris wheel. So like it does. you're at the top and then you're not at the top. You're at the bottom. Right. So, so you finish up or yeah. I mean something. what what the, I mean what the yeah. hell's happening? You, yeah. You, you want to land on someone's castle. Yeah. I mean you you, you know. you're getting it on, but then all of a sudden you you know. You're down at the the people waiting in line to get on the next one can see you. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. And then, then do we clean that thing afterwards? Or we, I'm, I'm thinking, I'm down? thinking they're not wiping it down. I mean, maybe uh, now I, in COVID times they are. Yeah, but, maybe now. Yeah, but, but I think they should if people are haven't. But you're the adventurer. You know, we did the the personality test, and you were the adventurer. So I would. That's why you I like am. the zip line and the? I I like the zip line. I would go in the sky wheel, but I'm not having sex in it. No, I no, I don't. No. I don't think again. I don't think I'm that nimble to really be able to get it done. I just don't. I think I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna bang my elbows on shit. And I'm gonna bruise myself, and I, it's just not gonna be a good experience. There's just not enough room, and I'm not nimble. I'm not flexible. Sorry, I know everybody's disappointed. You can technically be sworn in. How about this? You can be sworn in to the presidency on anything. You don't need the Bible to do it. So here's a question: mm -hmm. What would you be sworn in on if you were to become President of the United States of America. Oh, that is a that is a great question, isn't it? I would choose because it doesn't have to be the Bible. Yeah, I'm not I'm not really much of a reader, so I'm not going to pick a book. Yeah. That's just that's not me. Right. I mean, I, I in on like your favorite CD or something. I, I I might pick like you know I might pick like my baseball glove or something. You know, yeah, there's a left-handed Wilson glove. Get sworn in on that. The old A two thousand. Yeah, just right there. Yeah. Bang, all oiled up. 
How about you? What what uh, would you pick? I think I'll I think I'll uh I think I'll get sworn in on a um let's see. I think I'll get sworn in on maybe like a like a bag of Tostitos or something. <laughs> like just you know, something like a like a Tostitos and cheese with some some nachos. Inauguration takes a while. It does. Hungry. I'm gonna need a snack. You know, I'm gonna yeah, a little the scoops. Could you American could cheese. you get sworn in on like the on the Wienermobile? That would Ooh, be that would, that would be something. That's something I would do, and I would take a couple dogs. Yeah, a couple Fenway Franks. That's what I'm talking about. Sworn in right on that. Yeah, right on the dog. Drive up the steps in the Wienermobile. Oh, you just right. get oh, sworn in right. Classic. Right I mean, that would be. <laughs> tell you what, if you didn't get a second term after that, I, you know what the hell? <laughs> Chrissy Teigen, John Legend's uh, wife. Yeah. She had a, a mishap. She lost a tooth in a fruit roll-up during the inauguration. <laughs> She was eating a fruit roll-up and lost a tooth while eating it in a in a fruit roll-up. Like she wasn't eating like a something hard, like a hard candy. She was eating, you know. But I'll tell you what, though, you pull the fruit roll-up. Oh yeah, I yanked the tooth right out. You know, I Ouch. mix in a. I don't know. I just that. My friend, little... my friend Ryan uh, lost a tooth in a in a piece of corn on the cob at my house once. Did he? Yeah. Uh, Bit right into the corn it. on cob and it stayed right in there. Pretty gross. <laughs> yeah, that's that's pretty gross. Pretty gross. Yeah. The, the then you're combing the, the. I love me some corn on the cob. Oh, corn on the cob's fantastic. Oh yeah, tons of butter. Yeah. Do you do the? Do you do the? Roll it in the, the butter. You do it in the butter, so now your butter, your butter bar looks like you had corn in it. Like, and then you put it back in the fridge, and now you're, now right. you're butter and your toast with it. And right. Corn kernels. No, so it. I don't. I house. so I don't. I eat corn on the cob when we're up in New Hampshire, and they buy it fresh from these little farm stands. So I actually don't put anything on it. Not that really, because it's that good. It's so That's good. Sweet? Yeah, really? sweet corn. Oh, so good. Now, do you grill it or do you? What do you do with it? Do you, boil it. You boil it. Boil it. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've, I put it on the grill with some butter, and yeah, it's it's fine. Yeah, I've yeah, tried to fine. grill that. Grilled asparagus is good. Some other grilled vegetables, but grilled corn, yeah. not so much. You got to boil. I'll grill it. me up some some potatoes, peppers, and onions. Oh sure. Some, yeah. yeah. Some tin foil. Oh yeah. god. Yeah. With tons of butter. Oh god. Yeah. Salt and pep. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So Drake. He had to push back his album. I know you're a big Drake guy. I am. Yeah. Uh, he he uh, he had to push back his album release because he tore his ACL. Yeah. He just. Uh, what does that had, have to do with anything? <laughs> he had a mishap. I don't know why he can't release. You can't the release album. his album. Why not? Okay. Gosh, you using your voice? Like I don't. I don't understand. What does his ACL have to do with uploading yeah. that to you know iTunes? He can't do it from his couch or. <laughs> Doesn't he have a team of people doing this? Does he? Yeah, I, I feel like involved. I feel like there should be a team of people that releases the album for him. Yeah, I mean, I'm not I don't sure f- why he's involved. I don't feel like he. I mean, did he not finish the album? Could that is that why? Oh, it's that. But again, or is it? Or is it? He wants he to release the album course? and then right away go on tour or something. And he's got to do his oh, you know ridiculous okay. dance I don't know moves. Where you tour? Where you tour in pandemic? So it's got to be at least another six. 12 months, right? I don't know. I mean, throw him in a fucking wheelchair. He's probably has 14,000 background dances anyways. I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't know why you have to delay the album release. How many albums is this for him? It seems like he has a lot. Like him and Taylor Swift just pound him out like at one after the other. Yeah. I don't know. Well, Taylor Swift had her whole like uh, music catalog. She was in a big fight with the, with the, uh, with the record label. And and so all her early music, I think she wasn't, she didn't own the rights to it. Right. So she started, Which she started, I think her better stuff. Right. So she was starting to crank out albums cause she was, she was actually making money off of those where the early ones she really wasn't, you know, except for right. the tours and stuff. 
So, and I think now she's starting to like re-record her earlier stuff too. So she gets, you can do that. And oh, like, so she gets the so rights. So she gets the rights to it. Uh, exactly. I see. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I don't know how much money you could, you, you really need overall. Wasn't it Taylor Swift and Drake? Was it Drake? No, it was Kanye. Kanye who, who made sort of a farce of Taylor Swift and there was a, yeah, yeah. was an issue there. Yeah. There was a beef there going on for the a little beef. while. Yeah. 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 The, the music beefs. You gotta love the music beefs. Everybody's making money. Let's, let's relax. <laughs> And that's the news presented by Lops Brewing. It is now time for our brand new segment called Five Questions with Two Assholes. And today we have our good buddy, Clute. He's going to join us and answer five rando questions. Clute, awesome to have you here, buddy. Great to be here. Addy, I've known you for, for 30 plus years. And honestly, you know, it's. What the fuck is taking you so long? Year season two, and I'm now coming on. To be right, right. You should you right. should be a little perturbed. You should be a little angry. Just kidding. No, yeah. no, I've been with you guys from the beginning, and it's great. I, I it's a must listen every Monday morning on the way into work. I love it. Awesome. It's so you're my, you're uh, one of those that uh, we do have a, a large group of people that listen right on Monday morning, right on the way in. And one time we didn't have it Monday morning. That right after the first of the year, and I was getting all sorts of grief. Yeah, like, we didn't have that Sunday one. You know, but you know what? Here you are. Yeah, we need to take a little break. You know, Christ. we had to regroup for season two. Right. And here we are. So you know the segment, obviously. We, we just asked five rando questions, and uh, you give us the best educated answer you can give. <laughs> I'm ready. Uh, all right, so question number one. And actually, that intro music is for you, Clute. That's uh, oh. Lunis. Yes, it is Lunas. Yes, yes, with uh, five, five, on the five on it. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's right. That's especially for you. All right. So who, here's question number one. Who is on your hall pass? So in other words, you could have intercourse <laughs> with this particular person and your wife would be, would have to be okay with it. So and it could be a celebrity. It could be anybody. No repercussions. Yeah. yeah. Usually no a celebrity. But yeah. 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 Usually it's oh, absolutely a yeah. celebrity. Could be the neighbor again. You know, whatever. <laughs> again. Right. Um, <laughs> right. You know, I, I've i got a, a deep appreciation for uh, part of my youth. Um, I, I had a massive crush on uh, Linda Carter when I was a kid. Oh. And so as I've gotten older, I, the appreciation has just grown. So I'm going to say if, you know, she was willing. And I was able to get the hall pass. I'd say Linda Carter. That's a definitely a. Uh, I wonder. Now, now you, now you, are you throwing her in the Wonder Woman outfit? I mean, what are we talking about here? Uh, I'm gonna say no. No. Okay. Yeah, no. There's a picture that's circulating on on Twitter. She's got glasses. She's got that that oh, like the, type of. Yeah, I, I oh, feel man. you. I feel oh, you. I hear you there. Yeah. I, I hear you there for sure. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Question number two: Would you fuck a porn star? If afterwards she had to give a press conference on your performance, one hundred percent yes, no doubt about it. a <laughs> boy, this question was made for you. I think. It was, yeah, <laughs> I think it was. I think we had you in mind. Yeah, right. So, uh, yeah. Honestly, I wouldn't give a shit. Truthfully, yeah. I mean, who cares? It, yeah, it would be the most know. in-depth press conference you've ever heard in your life. <laughs> You're like, funny you mention that. Uh, <laughs> so do, now do you have a particular uh, lovely lady or gentleman in, in mind? <laughs> hey, 2020. No, yeah, it is. No, Matt, Ram no, Matt Ramsey's off the table. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he said uh, again, going back to my youth, um, you know, I, I, I'm an old school type of guy. So, you know, Christy Canyon, Ginger Lynn, you know, whoever. Okay. That genre right there. All right. Yeah, you do like the throwbacks. All natural. Yes, all, all natural. That's right. That's why you can't have the Wonder Woman. No props. 
No, no problems. problems. Yeah, right. no problems. Uh, okay, number three. What is the most ticklish spot on your body? You know what? I can confirm I have none. My, yeah, I think I knew that family. about you. Not, not by example, yeah. but I knew that about you. <laughs> <laughs> a little test it out, little, yeah, little yeah. dorm room tickle fight. <laughs> my wife and my two daughters hate it because they will, I mean, they've been trying for, you know, years. And I just, uh, I, I don't know if it's mind over matter or not, but I, I nothing. I got nothing. So we know you're a big uh, Jim Rice collector. Uh, yes. What is your white whale card that you're, that you're chasing for your Jim Rice collection? Oh, that's a great question. Um, there's probably, you know, there's a couple of bat barrel cards that I need. There's one in particular, 2006 Fleer Greats of the Game, one-of-one bat barrel auto. I think that was his first one-of-one bat barrel auto, and I've never seen it. Uh, I've, you know, I look like Matt and like you probably. I look every day. I, I you know, uh, websites and I talk to a lot of rice collectors, a lot of Red Sox collectors, and I've never seen it. So perhaps it's sitting unopened in the box somewhere or it's in someone else's collection to never see the light of day. So I'd probably say that one. Yeah, and uh, those of you who don't know, Clute is probably the ultimate Jim Rice super collector. You have like 90% of, well, maybe it's not 90% anymore because of the mass production since he made the Hall of Fame, but certainly up to it's probably 90%. Is it ninety? Wow, that's, that's in the money. In the money, oh boy! Right, you know, and uh, I, I have a little bit of an obsessive compulsive disorder. I'm a completist, so you know, I, I yeah. just I see the checklist and I just go. And it's just really a matter of stuff popping up because when stuff pops up, it's not a matter of you know getting it. It's a matter of how much am I going to spend to get it? Right, I, and you've, you've told me that. Before, like, I'm going to get it. Yeah, I'm going to get it. Yeah, <laughs> you are the ultimate eBay sniper for sure. <laughs> Question number five. If you could be a member of any TV sitcom family, who would it be? Oh, that's a great question. So sitcom. So can this can this be you know uh, streaming sitcom? Sure, sure. Yeah. Or, or is it back in the day? You know, ABC, CBS, NBC. Hey, whatever yeah, you want to do. Matt was on I Family love... Ties. Yeah, I was on Family Ties. And I yeah. chose Sanford and Son. As yeah. as Lamont's the only, the only white, him, he was Lamont's Lamont's illegitimate brother. brother. Yeah, <laughs> he was. He was Elizabeth's uh, stepchild. Yeah. I'm uh, coming. Um, you know, I'm going to go off the rail a little bit here, and I would love to be in the know and be Walter White's son that can help with the business. Okay, that, that whole family oh, dynamic yeah. on Breaking Bad just uh, was was just awesome. Yeah, it's too bad his son. Walter Jr. or whatever the hell is he changed yeah. his name with. It's a show I never, I never saw. I never have watched Breaking Bad. I know it's sacrilegious and I know I'm a complete Have you asshole. seen it? Yeah, it's great. It's yeah, great. It's yeah. He hasn't seen The Wire either, Clute. Have you seen that? I haven't seen The Wire. I have not seen The Wire. Oh, you haven't either. Oh, you guys no. got to get on that. That's my favorite series of all time, is The Wire. Wire. Yeah. I'll tell you, I, Matt, and you had talked about this for years about watching The Sopranos, and you know, mm-hmm. I, I had never, I could never get past that initial first episode with the right. friggin' ducks in the, in the <laughs> right. pool, right. you know. But whatever, two years ago, I said, you know what, I'm gonna give it a go. Holy shit, man! Yeah. I, I, I fell in love with it. I, mm-hmm. I, I'm ready to watch it again. I mean, it was Absolutely. so, it was unbelievable. Yeah, I watched it three times through, and the prequel is coming out. I want to say, I want to say March or April or sometime coming out very soon where they go before when Tony was young and back when Johnny was the leader as a prequel movie. So I'm really looking forward to that. Obviously, Jimmy Gandolfini passed and that was a shame because it's sort of now they can't really do anything going forward, you know, right. without without it being posthumously. But I am watching The Leftovers right now because last week we had Mike Camerlango on 
And he said, I need to know the that. And I haven't, yeah. So I'm going to watch I, that. I'll too. tell you what, it is. It Tyler, is your, good. your history it is of rap, too. Weird. I've got that yeah, noted. History of rap. Yeah. That was yeah. phenomenal. I finished that up. Uh, I wasn't crazy about the last season because most of it was like Southern based. It was a lot of Atlanta and Houston, and I'm really not into Yo that. Naughty. Yeah. yeah, uh, yeah. Some Memphis and stuff like that. So like three, six mafia, like little John, little Wayne, like I'm not yep. into that stuff really. So, but the, like the first couple of seasons were tremendous, like really, really good. Yeah. I'd be interested up. in the New York, the New York stuff. Absolutely. And the West coast stuff. But just, awesome. I know Tyler, you love reboots. So, have you guys heard of the the Dexter reboot coming out in, in two? Yes, yes, I've, it is coming out. It's like a ten episode reboot or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Tell, have you yeah. seen Dexter? I haven't. I haven't. I need to watch that. My dad loved that. I, I need to watch that too. I need to sit down. That was a Showtime show, right? Uh, yes, originally. Yes. yes, yes, yeah, yeah. I never had Showtime, so I didn't. I never uh, got into we're, it. We're looking forward to Ozark coming back. Yeah, because that was that was phenomenal. And I, of course, we've always been Jason Bateman's fans. Yeah, so absolutely. This is the Inclusive, last season yeah. too. They're going to end it. I, I'm not sure how they're going to end it, but this is. The yeah, last this season. is it. And you know what? I kind of, I kind of am glad because I don't want it to stretch too long where it gets a little long. So I'm right. kind of, I'm kind of glad. I think this is kind of the sweet spot to end it. My myself, I think it is, especially with how season three ended. I'm really looking yeah. forward to see how they end it. But uh, season three, of course, the end was a shocker. Like hope. Like, oh my God, yeah. Holy well, the guys head off yeah. and, yep. you know, and they hug it out. Right. It's like, okay. <laughs> yeah. We're in yeah. deep. We're in deep. Yeah. We're have in you, deep. have, have either of you guys watched Glow on Netflix? Gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling? Yeah. There was a series on no, Netflix. I, I've heard of it, but I have not seen it. I, 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 I used to watch Glow back in the day. You should watch it then. It, <laughs> yeah. I, there was three seasons on Netflix. I, I guess yeah. they were supposed to start shooting the fourth season, the beginning of the pandemic. And then they decided because of the large cast and stuff that they couldn't really get it done. So I think they, I think they canceled it. So it kind of leaves you on a cliffhanger, but the first three seasons are really good. It's like a, it's a really good show. I got to check that out. Cause yeah. I used to yeah. watch Glow every once in a while, like late at night. Yeah. Like, yeah, watch that uh, on the Spanish <laughs> channel or whatever. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. All right, so Clue's, that's right. Clue's going to hang with us when we talk to Jeff Fry. Jeff Fry is coming up just a bit right after the break. Uh, former Boston Red Sox player, major leaguer, and now doing SheGoneHitting.com, where he's really attacking some of these people, these these so-called baseball coaches, and the launch angle hitting style that they're teaching youth right now. So he's going to talk about some of his. Old days of the Red Sox, Red Sox stories, and, and SheGoneHitting.com. Jeff Fry comes up next, right after this break. We are joined by a special guest today. Really privileged to have former Red Sox player, Major League player, Jeff Fry with us. Jeff, thanks for joining us. Thanks, fellas. I appreciate it. So, Jeff, I know you do uh, some really cool things with the SheGone movement you have now. And what well, I wanted to ask you first about your time with the Sox and, and sort of looking back to how that was. You spent four years with them. and in some good years and, uh, and pre, pre the uh, snapping of the curse of the Bambino. So I uh, just talk about how, how that was back in Boston. Uh, man, it was, it was the, the best part of my career. And it was, uh, you know, it was going from, from Texas to Boston where, you know, Texas is the organization that drafted me. And so you have your first love, you know, with the team that drafted you. But then going to Boston and seeing how the fans are and seeing how, you know, the whole city is to do or die. You know, whether we win or lose the game is different environment than I had in Texas. And it was, you know, this is a football, football state in Texas. So going to Boston and, and getting involved in the, the Red Sox-Yankee rivalry and all that, man, it was really awesome. 
I wanted to ask you um, how you feel about the whole launch angle movement and, and that uh, that whole thing. I mean, I see from your videos, I have an idea of maybe of how you feel about the whole thing, but can you talk a little bit about uh, about the launch angle. I can't believe you have to ask, man. You know, I, see it. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. <laughs> uh, I think it's uh, I think it's terrible for the game. I just, uh, you know, Major League Baseball, in my opinion, has become kind of boring to watch just because of the three true outcomes, home run, walk, or strikeout, and, you know, it, which is fine. These guys are getting paid, and if the teams want to pay them to strike out, you know, 40% of the time and hit 30 homers and hit 220, who am I to complain? But my problem is when they start teaching it to kids. You know, it's the big kids. I think the, the kids that are developed at an early age are probably going to have success. You know, but they already had success. But with the little kids like me, when I was growing up, man, if I would have went out there trying to hit fly balls, I would have never, I would have never played professional baseball. First off, and I just think it's it's bad when so many instructors that never played the game are teaching. This is the way they do it in the big league, so this is how you have to do it at ten years old. I think it's a joke. So Jeff, uh, to piggyback on on Tyler's question, when do you think this shift happened from the professional hitters, of, you know, of, of your time, the Tony Gwynns, the Wade Boggs? to more of launch angle, you know, drop and load and launch and, and, and hit 220, like you said, in the 30 home runs. Do you think that coincided with the steroid era, or do you think that was happening before that? No, I don't think so. I think it was after that. I think it was when, and when all these teams started going to, you know, developing analytics departments and removing baseball men from the front office, you know. And I think that uh, – I think it's had a negative effect – on the game for sure. And I can't help but mention those two guys on the wall behind you. <laughs> Your man Jim Rice. Yeah. Jim Rice was my hitting coach. Yep. Uh, awesome guy. And Tony Armas was my teammate in Venezuela. Oh, no way. Wow. Yeah. I yeah. I got to play. I went to Venezuela in 1991. I went there 91, two and three played for a team uh, called the Caribes and Tony Armas and his two sons were on the team. It was cool. Great guy. Yeah, Tony had some great years. He did have some phenomenal years. Didn't didn't he – I think he last played in the majors in like 1990 for the Angels, right? So he was still active in the Venezuelan League, it sounds like, for a couple of years after. Yeah, and he was – I mean, he was obviously past his prime. Um, but still, you know, I mean, it was just an honor to play with somebody that I got to watch growing up, you know. And he was – the fact that he was just a very nice guy. You know, it was really cool. I, I always thought it was interesting he played center field, too, because he didn't seem to have the typical center field, you know, build or, you know, you know, obviously awesome power hitter, you know, playing center field. I thought was pretty, pretty, you know, I spoke to his athleticism. In that outfield, field, I mean, he, I mean, where is he going to play? He's not going to play right. He's not right, right. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> well, that is true. <laughs> that is you got true. a funny Jim Rice story. Yeah, so um, Jim Rice was a hitting coach when I was there, and, and uh, Jim Rice loved to play golf, right? So we'd play golf occasionally. We happened to be in Baltimore for a four-game series. And sometimes when you're on the road for a three- or four-game series on the weekend, you can ask if maybe our team can have the field early one day, call it early batting practice. So we would go out at, say, 2 o'clock in the afternoon and have the field for an hour, and then regular stretching and batting practice would be about 5 o'clock. So I asked Buddy Bailey one day, who was our bench coach, I found out I played golf that day. And I found out that the next day, Jim Rice was playing golf with Wakefield and a few guys. And so I asked Buddy if we could have the field early, knowing that the hitting coach would have to be there if we were there and mess up his tee time. And so Buddy Bailey found out from Rice that he was golfing. And uh, 
right before the game, I said, buddy, what'd you find out about early BP? He goes, I don't think it's going to happen, Captain. I was like, really? We can't even practice if we want to. So after the game, I went up to Jimmy Williams in his office. And I said, Jimmy, I said, me and some of the guys want to take early BP tomorrow. He goes, you want to hit Frito? I was like, yeah. He goes, okay, I'll talk to Jim Rice. And then I knew as soon as I did that, that Rice is going to be pissed. So I went and got in the shower real fast. And um, a few minutes later, Rice come walking in the shower with his clipboard and goes, Frito, you want to hit tomorrow too? I was like, yeah, Jimmy, be here too. Now, you know, so now he was pissed because he was going to miss his tea time at this really nice golf course. So, so I, went up to, I went up to Wakefield and I said, hey, what time is your tea time tomorrow? He goes, like 8.30. So I started doing the math, you know, four-hour round of golf, 12.30. I said, hell, I could probably go play golf with you guys and still make it. <laughs> sure enough, I went and played golf. And this is a nice course. So you get there, they have a bag tag with your name on it. And I got the one they had made out for Jim Rice, right? They didn't have one for me. And I took it. I brought it to the field. And right before the game started, Rice was sitting down. And he was pissed at me. He was sitting down talking to Stano. And I pulled up a chair next to Stano. I was like, Stano, I said, give this bag tag to Rice. <laughs> and he handed it to Rice. And I mean, he said a couple of four-letter words. And oh, it was so funny. Oh, that's awesome. So, that that's tremendous. Um, so I did a lot of talk about pace of play in the game. I'm pretty adamant that the real issue with the game is the lack of strategy and the hit and runs taking it out and in a lot of not as many stolen bases, just not as many, uh, you know, baseball plays within baseball. And I, I would say that that's more of an issue because no one really cared when the Yankees and Red Sox were playing four and a half hour games. It was riveting television. It was, it was intriguing. It was star power. It was it was all that It was great television. So I, I'm, I'm really thinking that's more the strategy taking out of the game. So I just didn't I, I wanted to know your take on. What do you think is the biggest problem with the game now other than, you know, launch dangle? Uh, the commissioner. <laughs> <laughs> he's the that's one that keeps point. making all the changes. He's the one that's trying to change the rules and speed up the game. And, you know, and he, he has no clue about why the game's slowing down. The game's slowing down because nobody's putting the ball in play. Every at-bat is four, five, six pitches because every pitcher's trying to strike everybody out. They're all pitching away from contact. And I agree, the strategy is gone. You know, the guys upstairs claim that stealing bases is not worth the risk. You're better off laying back and trying to wait for somebody to hit a home run. So we're not going to have stolen bases. We're not going to have hit and runs. All these things, in my mind, contribute to the game being boring and the game is slowing down. And, uh, you know, the new rule about the three-pitcher minimum, three-batter minimum, that's going to speed up the game, what, two minutes? You know, that just takes away from the strategy, and I think that's what they don't understand is – there's guys like Tony Fossis, and there's guys like, what's his name, um, Javi something, I can't remember, lefty pitcher. Oh, Javi Lopez? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, they have a role, okay? Right. They might get one out a night, okay, but that's a big out because they're getting out the best left-handed hitter on the other team, the David Ortiz, the Rafael Palmero, whatever, mm. and they have a role. So now, basically, we're eliminating a role for lefty setup guys or lefty uh, guys that get one out and all to speed up the game. And I think they just can't identify what the real problem is. My dad loved the mechanic, Tony Fossus. Loved him. Oh, yeah. Loved him yeah. Loved I can tell you that Rafael Palmero had nightmares about that guy. Yeah. <laughs> Every time he was throwing about 78 miles an hour with his yeah. long hair and stuff, he couldn't hit the guy. It was in his head. <laughs> yeah, that was great. Crafty lefty. Yeah. That's me. Yeah. That was my that was my baseball career. Yeah, like, Crafty yeah. lefty. <laughs> Crafty lefty. <laughs> yeah. But there's a of those guys, you know, but now there's nothing. Because how are you going to, you know, what happens if he gets the toughy lefty out? 
lead off the inning, and now he's got to face two big right-handed hitters. I'd be in trouble. <laughs> I'd be in trouble. <laughs> no question. So who is the who is the toughest pitcher that you ever faced? Um, well, I mean, if you look at the numbers, Mike Mussina, but I never felt like he was the toughest. I just couldn't get it off him. Right. <laughs> Randy yeah. Johnson and Roger Clemens and those guys, somehow I did well against. I was more fearful of facing those guys or Mariano than a Mike Messina, but for whatever reason, Mike Messina had my number. Yeah, I did notice you didn't strike out a lot and you didn't walk a lot. So you talked about putting the ball in play. You were the prototypical, you know, put the ball in play, hit 290 for your career, like, you know, hit 312 in that season, 97. Yeah. I mean, I had a really good year, 36 doubles. I mean, and put the ball in play. And I think that that's what, as you said before, you probably wouldn't be able to play in today's game. And that's a shame because that there used to be a real value in, in guys like you, like you said, moving guys along and, and getting on base and so forth. I looked the other day at my career numbers in 15 years, and I walked 590 times and struck out 590 times, combined from the major leagues and minor league. I mean, I didn't walk a lot, but if you consider the fact that guys weren't afraid to pitch to me, right. some of the power hitters walk a lot because guys are afraid of them. Nobody was afraid of me, so they're going after <laughs> me. You know what I mean? So it's like right. I try, if I could keep my walks and strikeouts one-to-one or close to it, I felt like I was doing a good job, and I don't know my – career on base percentage but it's over 350 for a guy that nobody was trying to pitch around i think is all right i think, I think more pitchers are trying to pitch around guys now because everybody's throwing 98 and everybody's trying to launch it out of the stadiums they're a little more fearful and not just throwing to a guy jeff fry is gonna hit four home runs so i'm just gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna challenge him i was getting challenged on a nightly basis trust me i do remember randy johnson i don't know if you guys know that he was basically a two-pitch pitcher fastball slider you know but i could hit his fastball and so he actually, I was so happy one day, he friggin' threw me a changeup. I'm like, Randy Johnson respects me enough to know wow. that I can fastball. He threw me a changeup. So I was like, most people probably don't realize that, but I felt pretty proud of it. Wow, that's tremendous. We talked about earlier on the Shigon on Twitter. You, you show a lot of the videos and a lot of the launch angle. And I, I saw a video where someone had a hockey stick swinging it around from his belt or whatever. And uh, and the landscaping, swinging landscape equipment was, was hilarious. And I and I see it as a basketball coach at the youth level myself is trying to do different things. And um, what is the ultimate? And I know you did this sort of as a joke to begin, but what is the ultimate, I guess, the ultimate goal do you have? Have you now said, you know what, this, this sort of means something and it has some value now and, and it's a little bit more serious than I let on to be. So is there some sort of goal you may have or something you're looking to do down the road with it? I think the, the number one goal is to let parents, hopefully parents are watching and educate parents and that, you know, that a lot of the instructors that are out there that are teaching their kids this stuff, I mean, with these gimmicks and things, it's not helping their kids, in my opinion. If you want to use all this different stuff and it helps a kid, fine. But teaching one way to do things and everybody has to do this stupid drill just because we're trying to keep you entertained for 45 minutes, I mean, it's a joke. You know, I'm a firm believer that if you're going to work on your hitting, you need a bat and a ball and not necessarily sitting on a tee because most of the things I see, the ball's not moving and they're working on their swing instead of, you know, when you get in the game, that ball's not going to be in the same location ever. It's going to be different every time. So you have to find a way through trial and error to hit that ball in different locations. And that, I mean, that's what I was able to do in my career because I, you know, I had to do that. I always had two strikes. I had to put the ball in play and there was, 
there was value to that. And I think I saw a, rec- a recent interview with Juan Soto, who's a great, great young player with Washington, that said, I see the ball and hit the ball. Uh, they were asking him some, you know, the science behind his hitting style. And he said, I, you know, I see it and try to hit it. You know, and that's kind of, I think Larry Walker used to say that too. Most of the guys say that. But the funny thing is, is the people that are selling this stuff say that it's feel versus real. So you might feel like you're doing this, but after we slow the video down, you're really doing this. So we're going to teach kids what you really did, not what you thought you were doing. That's what boggles the mind, in my opinion. So you're a player agent now. And uh, I guess talk a little bit about that, how how being a player, if that's helped you with it or, you know, being on the other side of it now and, and helping players, I guess. Yeah, I've been an agent for 18 years, had a number of clients, um, you know, had a guy make his major league debut this year, which is pretty exciting. But uh, nice. yeah, it's different. It's It's very, I tell people all the time that I'm too nice of a person. If you don't watch my Twitter, you'd think I was a nice person. But I'm a very <laughs> nice person, and yeah. and I'm honest. And I'm that side of the business is pretty cutthroat. But I, you know, I enjoy uh, my interaction with my clients and and seeing their success, and and hopefully I can help some young kids, um, you know, lead them in the right path and the right path in their families when they have questions. Well, Jeff, we really appreciate you hanging with us and and being on with us, and uh, we'll keep watching what you're doing, and hopefully baseball will see a little bit of a jolt here. I've noticed though in the past that every time baseball has struggled, whether it's the strike 94 steroids, when they had chicks to take the long ball, every time they've leaned on the home run, it seems like in whatever way that is, if it's, if it's turning a blind eye to steroids or if that's juicing the ball or if that's lunch angle, it always seems to be their fallback. We need more home runs. Every time it struggles, it seems like every stage becomes that. And I don't know if that's a coincidence. I don't think it is. I think it's, they think home runs have that kind of value with fans. Offense uh, sells, like right? Offense yeah. sells. And, yeah, puts asses yeah. in seats, right? Yeah, I mean, people let's have everybody seen. throw 98 and down the middle and, <laughs> and everybody It's unfortunate because, I mean, I would just assume watch a nice two-to-one pitcher's duel where, where runs are moved along, hitting runs, stolen bases. I mean, I'd rather see that than a 10-8 game, honestly. Yeah, me too. And to me, that's part of the problem with what's going on is they, you know, convince themselves that all these pitchers are so good now that we can't string together a couple hits. We have to get one big hit a game. You know, we have to get the two or three run homer or we're not going to score runs. And I think, I mean, the biggest problem is the guys upstairs who didn't play convincing the guys who played their whole life that now you got to change your strategy and everything you've done your whole life. And don't worry about striking out, keep your same swing. And maybe you'll hit a three run homer instead of, you know, a ground ball where sometimes, you know, ground ball to second, it's kicked turns into a three run rally. I got, I, mean, I got moved out of Fenway one time because I made an error when Roger Clemens pitched. <laughs> you know? right. Here I'm right. playing on the worst playing surface in the major leagues, and I made an error because the ball came up. They hated me. They literally, right. I mean, they were going, go back to Texas, Fry. And I was like, man, I'm ready to go. <laughs> uh, who was your favorite teammate to play with? Or did uh, you have a one or two? Or? Uh, I loved uh, Mike Stanley. And Timmy yep. and were my boys. We'd go eat lunch every day on the road. Uh, love Mo Vaughn, Reggie Jefferson, the Rangers. I, I mean, I had Rusty Greer and Darren Oliver were my buddies. And I love Jose Canseco. He was one of my favorite teammates ever. The dude was hilarious. And I tell people that all the time. I was like, man, it was like playing with a rock star. Yeah. It was just so funny. We just always messed with him. And he just, he wasn't very good at taking jokes, but we just enjoyed <laughs> messing with him. And um, I played with Carlos Delgado and, some guys in Toronto, Bob Follett, were really good teammates in Colorado. Todd Helton, Larry Walker. 
So, I mean, I was fortunate enough to, to play as long as I did and have some really cool teammates. Was there any that you ever played against that you always wanted to be a teammate of? Oh, man. I don't know. I was yeah. always, like, in awe of Derek Jeter. I never wanted to play with A-Rod. I'm not going to lie about that one. <laughs> mm-hmm. There was actually a lot of guys that uh, on other teams that I didn't like. But I can't say that I wanted to play with them. It would have been nice to, to be playing with you know, some of the great players I played against, you know, Paul Molitor and Frank mm-hmm. Thomas and those guys were pretty awesome. But well, it seems at times when Molitor played, and Alan Trammell was like that for me too with the Sox. Like he just never seemed like he'd get him out. You know, yeah. I never get him out. Like yeah. Alan Trammell seemed like he had 800 against Sox. So yeah. Just like <laughs> all the time. Like I don't remember getting Travis Fryman. Travis Fryman. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. yeah he was Bernie tough. Williams and Yankees. Oh, Bernie Williams. Yeah, yeah Bernie right Williams. Through him about 81 Paul O'Neill. Now we heat it down the middle. Yeah. Still, I still have dreams about it. Yeah, I do. <laughs> I have dreams about it. He step out all the time. He used to get so mad at him. He'd be like yeah. in there doing his thing, and he'd like step out. I'm like, yeah. man, get in the box, yeah. Bernie. Bernie, but, Bernie was an excellent player. I mean, I, yeah. he's one of the guys player. from the Yankees, and I hated the Yankees, obviously. But he's one of the guys I really respected. Mo Rivera and, and Bernie were two guys that, they were just dynamite. I mean, they were just really good. And, um, and I really enjoyed, you know, looking back, I'm like, geez, Bernie deserved more credit. I mean, he was an incredible Pokemon player. You know, geez, switch hitter, just dynamite center fielder. I mean, just really good. Just but really he was good. quiet yeah. and unassuming and yeah. just a professional. And sometimes those guys don't get the recognition they deserve. Even he was, you know, in my mind in those days, their best players were Bernie, Jeter, and Giambi, you know, yeah. the guys. I hated yeah, Paul O'Neill. Like, Paul O'Neill was always a guy oh, that I hated. <laughs> Captain Red Apps. Yeah, I couldn't stand Paul. He was great too, though. But he was. Him. He was. That's probably why I hated him. I couldn't stand him. Yeah. I love when he he throw his helmet and get so mad. Yeah. And I yeah. used to go up to Tim Raines because I like Tim Raines a lot. And I was like, Rock. I said, Tell your boy O'Neill to hit one to me because I want to see him cry when he goes. <laughs> <laughs> That's tremendous. Hey, him yeah. and Euclid were cut from the same cloth. Yeah, Euclid. Yeah. Yeah. Stanley played with the Yankees, you know, so he's told me stories about O'Neill. He'd say yeah. O'Neill was just always oh, come in the dugout. He hit a double off the wall and he'd come in after scoring a run and go, man, I'm never going to hit another home run. Instead of just being happy, he hit wow. a double. You know? Yeah. I used to get on Pedroia for that too. Like just like he, he thought he hit, he should hit 900 or something. I don't know. He just, Mike Greenwell was like that. You fire the helmet. And you know, I just, uh, <laughs> you know, you, you're going to, you're going to fail seven out of 10 times if you're pretty good. I got to play with Greenwell too. He was, he was, he was really good. Yeah, oh, really yeah. And um, that year I played with him, I think he had like a nine or 10 RBI game, I think. He did. Yeah. I think it was Seattle. Well, I want to say Seattle or something. Yeah, I think yeah. Seattle. Yeah. yeah. And funny yeah. thing is, like, we used to ride the bus um, from the stadium to the hotel, right? Or the airport to the hotel. And we had a microphone on the front of the bus, and Greeny used to always sit on the front of the bus. And he would just start ragging on dudes, right? So I'd be in the back of the bus, and I was a loudmouth. So I'd have Conseco. <laughs> Marrying Billy Hasselman all behind me saying, Fry, say this. So I'd yell something out to Greenwell, and then he'd yell something, Shut up, Fry. And all <laughs> ragging on each other for a 30 minute bus ride. Just mean stuff, too. You know, yeah. call me like, You look like the kid from uh, uh, My Three Sons, or you look like the Merciless, and all this stuff. And then we'd get off the bus and we'd just say, Hey, where do you guys want to go eat? And we just all forgot about it and go out. Yeah. Those were fun times. Yeah, I bet, I bet those, those trips were fun, especially back in the day. And special thanks again to Jeff Fry, former Boston Red Sox player. We had a great time talking with him. We were very uh, thrilled to have him on the program. 
and check out shegonhitting.com. There's some great apparel on there too. And Smitty and I, I think are going to grab some nice shirts. They have the wiffle ball on the logo. We're big wiffy guys. We are. So wiffle ball champions. Like wiffle ball champions of the world, without yeah. a doubt. We've played in tournaments. Can you imagine if we played in a tournament now? Your 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 shoulder comes off frequently. So I got cortisone yeah. in my left shoulder, so we can play. I'm d- I'm oh, down. Really? Yeah, fuck <laughs> it. Let's do it. I don't shot. care. I don't you care. I'll, I'll play with the quarters. I'll get my Tony Fossus on out there. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Let's get back at it. That's one yeah, thing I'm it. above average at. There you go. Right there. Yeah. Wiffle ball. Wiffle ball. Absolutely. Above average. We are. We are above. We wouldn't think it, but we are above average wiffle ball players. Yeah. We are. Uh, we're also 48. So here is... Uh, <laughs> is there an old-timers division for wiffle ball? Yeah, it is. A, yeah. We need an old-timers division. We may have to wait two years and play in the over 50. There you go. All right. So here is our segment called Missed connections all i see is missed opportunity and this is where we discuss people going on craigslist and uh shouting out to people that they see randomly out and about they didn't have the nerve to walk up to them so they go on craigslist and they write a little something something to them and smitty has the first one this week okay here we go this is uh in the south shore area of massachusetts julia i know you enjoyed our hot hotel get-togethers just as much as I did. Where did you go? You don't answer texts, calls, or emails. Are you still alive? <laughs> Let's get together again. Soon. Yeah, the soon is in all caps with an exclamation point. So, I mean, this person's, person's a little eager. And then he says, I'm ready to explode with three... Volcano emojis. Volcano emojis. Now they have volcano emojis. I don't think I've ever seen a volcano emoji. I'm gonna have to use them. Three volcano wow. emojis. Three. Ready, so to, ready explode. to explode. Three times. Three times. He's ready to explode three times. Do you think he's ready to explode three times? Three times. Like explode in quotation fingers. I mean, three how, times. What kind of nap do you need in between at least the <laughs> second, and third one? <laughs> right. I mean, my God, three times. I mean, we're not in college anymore. Yeah. My Lord. So, three Julia, times. if you're listening. Our friend would Julia, uh, Julia. would like to uh, meet you at the hotel again. Well, hot, hot, passionate. Hopefully, you're not dead. Yeah, I, that would be a real damper. That would put that a damper on on, on the whole thing. things. It, it really on the would. whole thing. It really would. So that was another missed connection. All I see is missed opportunity. All right, so here is one from Maine, the great state of Maine. I was at Mister Bagel. I had just received my order. I walked over to the counter near the window, pulled my bagel out of the bag, and began spreading the cream cheese evenly on both bagel buns. <laughs> what in the... Just- <laughs> what? <laughs> he's setting the seed. <laughs> Why you know, is he describing all of this? Providing good detail. I mean, he's really giving us a... Do you, think, do you think the girl was watching him, like, walk over to the counter and then, like, over to the windows and watched him blow his bagel out of his bag. Not for very long. <laughs> Not for very long. <laughs> no, no. No. That's when you just happen to be walking by. Oh, there you go. You dropped your car keys in, a, in disbelief. And I got a good look at your buns. <laughs> <laughs> Not the bagel buns. The buns. I'm pretty sure you saw me through the window with my jar on the floor. If you see this, I think there's no doubt you'll remember our brief encounter. Let me know. Grr. <laughs> five R's. <laughs> okay, so oh, hold, on, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. So this guy says all, describes all these things. Right. And then the girl drops her keys and his jaw's on the ground. So 
in this whole scenario, he does not say anything to her. Nothing. Apparently, there's a brief encounter that was all in his mind, right? right? She drops her keys. She picks her keys up, and he stared at her ass, and then she left. Right. She left. Yeah. So she was not involved. She in was not involved in this at all. No. And he looked like Willem Dafoe <laughs> with his teeth out. It was <laughs> scraping the cream cheese on the bagel. I mean, he was a sinister, I think. I think he was. You know, I mean, that's just, that is that is. That is creepy. That really is. Pulled yeah. my bagel out of the bag and began spreading the cream cheese evenly on both. I think he's a little OCD. Maybe he's a little Maybe. type A. Yeah, I mean, spreading and even, evenly. spreading cream cheese evenly is kind of a talent. It is. It's not they the. It's it not. Donuts, it's not the easiest yeah. thing in the world to do. No, no. One day at Dunkin' Donuts, I got I got literally a small smattering of cream cheese that was barely visible, and then the next day, I got a mound. They couldn't even put it in the bag there was such separation between the bagel halves it was incredible how much i don't like i don't i like a decent amount of cream cheese on my bagel but i don't want to just taste cream cheese like yeah, i don't want just, you to don't yeah. overdo it yeah that like, gets a little it makes it gets a little it makes it gag a little gets a little too much just all cream cheese that's too much yeah i like I, it evenly i like it I like this like this fella right yeah. here this horny bastard. He likes it. <laughs> he likes it evenly on both bagel buns. You know, <laughs> you dropped your car keys, and I got a good look at your buns. <laughs> wow! At the Mister Bagel? What's it like? Six a.m.? Oh my God! <laughs> Jesus! Like I want to start to the day. So Mister Bagel doesn't throw doesn't throw the cream cheese on there for you, I guess. No, you gotta you gotta spread it yourself. No, you gotta get the. I think it's like Brugger's being like, oh, Brugger's bagels is excellent. You ever had Brugger's bagels? Yeah, there used to be one in yeah. like Newton. That I used had to, my favorite used cream to go cheese. To. Bacon what? and scallion. Really? That Brugger's. sounds good. Oh, it's fantastic. There's, a, there's oh, an should... unbelievable place near me called The Spot in Norwood that has, they bake them fresh every day. The bagels are so good, but the line's always ridiculously long in there. Yeah. No matter what yeah. time of day you go in, it's crazy right. in the morning. Uh, I think like high school kids go in there for before oh, oh, yeah. before school and get yeah. get stuff. Right, but cheap little bagels. If you go in the any time in the week in the weekend, usually that's usually when we go. But if you go any time in the weekend, like up until you know two o'clock in the afternoon, it, it's packed. It's always wow. packed because wow. they do like bagel sandwiches and that kind of shit too. But uh, yeah, yeah, I love me, I love me a good bagel. So that is Miss Connections. All I see is missed opportunity. And that will do it for another episode of the Sportsmanship Podcast. We'd like to thank Jeff Fry, who joined us and talked baseball, and also our buddy Clute, who did five questions with two assholes. And it is another splendid episode from Smitty himself, the star of the show, without a doubt. I don't know if that's true. <laughs> I think that's, I mean, that's, I mean, I think I've heard that. I've heard whisperings. Oh, you, yeah, have you? They long for you every week. Yeah. I don't, I, think so. I don't think that's true at all. I, I think, I think they do. Yeah, so we'll be back again next week for another exciting episode, and we'll continue to try to bring on the guests. And uh, we're having a pretty good, pretty good run with guests. Really enjoy speaking to all these people. I didn't think anybody would ever come on our show, to be honest with you. I didn't think so, so either. I, I so. honestly didn't think we'd be able to get any guests. Right. So the fact that we've had even one guest is uh, above and beyond my expectations. Right. Jeff Fry seemed to have a blast. You know, he seemed like he could have sat here for two hours with us. Yeah. I mean, he just, he loved talking baseball and so yeah. do we. So yeah. that was cool. So check us out on uh, Facebook, 
and Twitter. Please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. You can check us out on Spotify. You can also listen on Google Podcasts and also on iHeartRadio. And we'll be back again next week for another episode of the Sportsmanship Podcast presented by Anchor and sponsored by Lops Brewing. Everybody have a wonderful week. Thanks a lot. Bye. Bye.